Good morning, Tab family and every one of you watching online, joining us from around the world. We are so glad that you joined us to worship our risen Savior and risen God, a God who is still on the throne, a God who is still in control of our lives, of nations, even of everything that's happening around the world today. And so would you turn with me in your Bibles as we bring God's Word right here from the Gospel Tabernacle into your homes? Would you turn with me to the book of Haggai, chapter 2? We're going to read from verse 1 down to verse 9. Haggai, chapter 2, we're going to read from verses 1 down to verse 9 this morning. And we're going to deal from this portion of Scripture on the subject of dealing with discouragement. Dealing with discouragement. So if you're taking notes, you know, the, the theme of our message, of our word today, is how we can deal with discouragement. So Haggai chapter 2, we're going to read from verse 1 down to verse 9. And this is what the word of God says in Haggai chapter 2, verses 1 down to verse 9. It says, In the seventh month, on the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shiltiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people, saying, Who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory? And how do you see it now in comparison with it? Is, it, is this not in your eyes as nothing? Yet now be strong, Zerubbabel, says the Lord, and be strong, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and be strong, all you people of the land, says the Lord, and work for I am with you. Where you are, would you turn to the person seated next to you and would you say to them, the Lord is with you right now? And it says, the Lord of hosts, according to the word that I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. For thus says the Lord of hosts, once more, it is a little while. I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land, and I will shake all nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations. And I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for another glorious, wonderful morning where we could come in your presence and worship you, lift up your name, adore you, and, and love on you as you have so richly loved on each and every one of us. And Lord, we pray that your spirit would move where we are, Lord God, not just here at the gospel tab, but right there in every home, in every place that, that Lord, your people uh, have joined in listening to your word and worshiping who you are. Lord, we release your presence and we release life abundance that is found in Jesus into every person's heart and home right now. In Jesus' name and all God's people say, Amen. Amen. You know, as we look at this portion of scripture, you know, disappointment is the theme of this passage when it came to God's people. There was a lot of disappointment. There was a lot of discouragement that they were going through for many reasons. The people have just returned from 70 years of exile. And as the people returned from from Babylon, you know, after 70 years of exile, as they moved from uh, in three stages, they initially began to rebuild the temple. But for 16 long
long years, the work of the temple had come to a halt. And suddenly we find how God raises prophet Haggai in chapter 1 to encourage people to make the building of the house a priority despite the circumstances, despite the needs that they found themselves in. And even as, you know, we are in a global pandemic, there's crisis, there are circumstances that may be troubling us, that may be weighing us down. And we need to understand as long as we are in this world, there are going to be situations and circumstances to weigh us down. But we need to remember that our God is a God who calls us in the midst of it to serve Him, to love Him, to build one another up, and to build His kingdom by reaching more and more people for Him. So I want to encourage you this morning. You may be going through some stuff that's weighing you down, but God wants to encourage you. See, the whole book of Haggai is about how God encourages us out of our insecurities, out of our inferiorities, out of the situations we are in, into the purpose and the plan and the wonderful promises that God has prepared for each and every one of us. And where we are, whatever we are feeling, whatever we are surrounded by, whatever we are going through, I want to encourage you that today you can experience courage that comes from God to rise up despite what you are surrounded by and to walk and step into everything that God has prepared for you and for me. And suddenly, you know, the people, they are excited. There's a, there's a passion, there's a zeal that, you know, Haggai infuses in Haggai chapter 1 through the word of the Lord that he brings to encourage people. I want us to know that when God speaks to us, no matter what condition we are in, what circumstances we are surrounded by, God already always has a word for you. Would you turn to the person next to you and say, God has a word for you. God has a promise for you. I want you to know, and that word and that promise is to lift you up from where you are, to take you to where God wants you to be, to enjoy the abundance of who he is and the abundance of what he has provided for. But here's the thing. In chapter one, they were so excited and they begin to rebuild the temple. They started the work of the temple. But, you know, in, in a matter of three weeks, they were disheartened. They were disappointed. They were discouraged because as they began to rebuild the second temple, because the first temple was destroyed as the Babylonians invaded 70 years before. And there were people who had returned from exile who were children in the time of Solomon's temple who remembered the glory, the glamour of Solomon's temple. And now, you know, they were, they were old. And they, as they began to rebuild the second temple, you know, they began to realize, wait a minute. You know, this temple is nothing compared to the temple that was destroyed by, by the Babylonians that was built by Solomon. And soon as they began to compare what life used to be and how things used to be and what they used to have with what right now, how things aren't, they got discouraged. They got disheartened. They got disappointed. And that is why you find, you know, God coming in Haggai chapter 2 and asking them this, this very question. You know, he, he asked them this question. He said, who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory? And how do you see it now in comparison with it? Is this not in your eyes as nothing? Now, now realize God did not say it's nothing. But in their eyes, they saw it as nothing. And because of the way they perceived their current condition, they allowed discouragement to grab a hold of their 
life. And you know, God raises up Haggai to encourage them out of their discouragement. Maybe today you are in a place of discouragement where, you know, maybe, you know, there are things that discourage every one of us. You know, when we are let down by people we trust and love, we can end up being discouraged and disappointed and disheartened. When things don't turn out the way we are expecting to, you know, we can end up being disheartened and discouraged. When we have worked so hard and so faithfully, and when we are passed by for promotions and, and benefits that you feel that you worked so hard for, we can be discouraged. You know, when it seems like you did not get the grades that you were expecting after having studied so hard and giving so much, you can end up being discouraged. Maybe there are some of you, you've been waiting for your life partner, for your life companion for years and years, and it seems the, the months have gone by and the years have gone by and you're feeling discouraged today. Maybe, just maybe, you know, that you've been waiting on an answer, on a breakthrough. You've been waiting on a promise that you received sometime back, and yet, you know, that doesn't seem to be the fulfillment of it. There doesn't seem to be an answer to it yet. And, you know, maybe you've grown weary and it has weighed you down and you are discouraged by it. Maybe during the past few months, maybe, you know, some of you would have been laid off from your jobs. Maybe some of you have had to take pay cuts and that would have disheartened you and discouraged you. See, as long as we are living life on this earth, there are going to be situations that come to weigh us down and to discourage us. But here is the thing that, you know, God is bigger than our discouragements. Amen. God is above and beyond our discouragement. And in our place of discouragement, God wants to send his word to where we are to encourage us to step into what he has in store for each and every one of us. And if we are not careful, our disappointments can derail our lives and cause us to lose faith and focus. That's what discouragement does. It causes us to derail, it, it, it derails our focus, our faith. It also, if we are not careful, our disappointments can even cause us to quit on doing what God has called us to do. See, that's what happened to the people here in Haggai chapter 2. Because they were so discouraged of how, you know, the temple looked now as they began to build. It seemed like nothing in their eyes, you know, they began to stop their work for the Lord. They began to put a halt, you know, to the building of the house of the Lord. And that is why God says, listen, I am with you. I am with you. My spirit still remains in your midst. I'm still a God who keeps my word. I'm still a God who keeps my promises. Therefore, be strong and go to work. Be strong and go to work. You know, oftentimes, one of the, when we give into discouragement, it weighs us down so much that we lose motivation for living. We lose motivation in living out relationship. We lose motivation in living out God's purpose for our life. We lose motivation in worshiping God. And you know, there it's been trying times. It's been testing times this past few months, not just for us as a nation, but around the world. And we can even have lost the motivation in our worship of God. In, even though we are in our homes, I want us to know our worship of God is not limited by a geographic location because where you are, God is there and you can worship God where you are. And we want to encourage you. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. You know, the prophet Haggai says, it's just a little while more. It's just a little while more. I want to encourage you today. It's just a little while more before God shakes everything that needs to be shaken and brings his peace, brings his power, brings his promise in your life and my life. Therefore, hold on. Amen. Hold on. And so today, this morning from this passage, as we deal with discouragement, we want to look at three things. 
we want to look at what are some of the agents of discouragement in other words what are some of the causes that cause you and me to become discouraged and then you know what is the answer for our discouragement what are some answers that god gives us to this passage in order to deal with discouragement and live above and beyond this discouragement and also you know what are the assurances that god gives what are the comforts the the the, the assurances the confidences the the promises that god gives to you and me you know in regard to our discouragement i want to you know that there are three things we see in this word as to why many get discouraged but you know let me share with you the powerpoint from this passage the powerpoint of this passage is this that god's presence and peace enables us to prevail over our perplexities god's presence and peace ultimately is what enables you and me to overcome any disheartenment any discouragement any problem any perplexity the key is the presence and the peace and so you would find god constantly in this passage assuring them that i am with you that is the presence of god god is saying i am present with you i'm not just omnipresent but i'm going to manifest my presence in your midst and i'm going to reveal myself to you because i am with you and he says you know i will give peace in a place where there has been conflict in a place where there has been battles and hardship god says in verse 9 in that place i will establish peace i want you to know that god is ready his presence and peace is made available for us and we have everything we need to overcome the perplexities that we may find ourselves in why are we discouraged what are some of the reasons that the people got discouraged even then and here are some reasons because they began the, the things they remembered began to discourage them see in verse 3 you know the prophet haggai asked who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory as i said there were people who were young when the babylonians invaded and destroyed solomon's temple they remembered the 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 majesty the glory the glamour of solomon's temple the walls were you know made out of gold of billions of dollars worth of gold and you know i mean it was majestic and they remembered the former glory of the former temple but as they began to build the temple now it seemed like nothing in their eyes it seemed like nothing in their eyes so the things we remember causes us to be discouraged we need to understand this when we remember and dwell in the past we give up on living and serving god in the presence see when we you know remember you see there, there are things that we need to remember there are things that is worth that are worth having memories that we need to hold on to but there are certain memories there are certain things that if we don't let go if we if we hold on to it will prevent you and me living our life in the present and serving god in the present because that's what happened to the people of god in haggai's time they have so remembered how things used to be they looked at the temple they were building now and it seemed to be an embarrassment to them you know it seemed so small and shabby compared to the wonderful temple that was destroyed by nebuchadnezzar and you know they remember the past is not always a bad thing because there are things we can learn from the past but when we choose to remember and dwell in the past you know it becomes a huge obstacle and a hindrance sometimes we look at how great and free life was before the covid-19 with now and it can be dis- 
discouraging. You look at the quality of life you lived before the COVID-19, and we look at how life is now, and it can be very discouraging. You look at how successful your business was before, and how your income was before, and now, you know, how it's struggling, and it can be very discouraging to you. We look at how great it was for all of us to meet in church in person, and see how restricted we are in meeting, and it can feel very discouraging and disheartening. We look at how church used to be, what we call the glory days, and it's and it's set up, and look at it today, and we, we may feel, we may allow discouragement to set in. We need to understand our God is a God who leads us from glory to glory. Amen. He's a God who leads us from strength to strength, from faith to faith. Hallelujah. While we honor the past glory days, you do not want to get stuck in the past glory days, because sometimes we as Christians can get so used to how church was when we first came to know the Lord. The songs we used to sing when, you know, decades back and get so stuck in it that we miss out on the greater glory of what God can do in the new things that he wants to lead his church into. And you know, when we, when we are so stuck and we so dwell in the past in our life, what could happen is it discourages us. Another, you know, agent of discouragement is not just the things we remember, but the things we forget. See, the people of God had forgotten that no matter what their condition was, they still had the God of covenant with them. They still had the God of covenant, of commitment with them in their midst. And so God had to remind the people, I am with you. Over and over in this passage, God is assuring. Why? Because, you know, it's so easy when we are discouraged to lose sight of the fact that God is with you. See, we, you know, forget God. When you forget God is with us, you know, we feel like we are out of control and that God has no control as well. But God is still on the throne and God is still in control of whatever that is going on in your life and my life. Amen. And so the things that we forget, they forgot the presence of God. They forgot, you know, while, while Moses was no more, you know, Solomon was no more, David was no more, Joshua was no more, but still God remains to be with them. That, you know, God keeps his word and God wants to remind them, listen, it doesn't matter who is no longer with you, but I am always with you. Amen. There is no discouragement that can you can go through in your life that God is not with you. Amen. God is with you in every season, in every moment, in every circumstance. Would you turn to one and say, once again, God is with you. God is with you. You see, when we forget we look at how, when we look at how things used to be, we forget that the God of yesterday is still here and still able to bless us. Why? Yesterday, today, and forever, He's a God who is the same. So the things we remember in the past, the bad memories, you know, even the good memories, if we get if we dwell on them, will keep us from moving forward. And then the things we forget, let us never forget that God's presence is with us. And that He's still the God. He's the God who blessed them then, and He's still the God who is blessing them now. He wanted them to know it's not about the house, but it's about who dwells in the house. God wanted them to know, even though you see a difference in the former house and the current house, for me, it's a house that I'm going to dwell in. It's a house that I'm 
going to be in. It's a house where you will come and call on me. I will answer you. It's a house through which you can come with different needs and different situations in your life. And a God who, I'm a God who still fulfills my word and promise. You see, what made the house glorious was not the gold and the glitter and the silver, but the God who dwelt in the house. And God wanted to encourage them saying, it doesn't matter how the outer house looks. What matters is that I am with you. And I want to encourage you. You know, in a sense, it doesn't matter what the surroundings look like at the moment. It doesn't matter what we may be feeling in that sense when you compare it with the assurance that God is with you in the midst of it. Amen. So be encouraged today in your disheartenment and discouragement. God is with you all the way. And another reason why we get so discouraged is because it's not just the things we forget, but also it has to do with the comparisons we make. The comparisons we make. You see, they begin to compare Solomon's temple with the temple that they were right now building. God asked them, you know, is it not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing? Of it as nothing. You know, we got to be very careful that we don't do the comparing game in our lives. Where we don't compare our husbands and our wives and our children with other husbands and wives and children. In our discarding, we got to be careful that we don't compare the way things are with the way things used to be. That we don't compare what we have now with what we don't have now. That we don't compare the church with how we remember it being to what it is now. Because when we remember the past as being better than it was, the present seems worse than it is. See, what happens is that when you begin to compare the past with the present of how things used to be with how things are, with what you used to have and with now with what you don't have, here's the reality. I'm pretty sure, and as I look back at my life, I can say this is true. When we were in the past and when the past, when our past was our present, you know what? It seems like, you know what? Oh, this is so bad than what used to be before. And now, you know, we are in our present and we think, well, you know what, the past is so much better than the present. Here's the thing, when you compare the past with the present, the present always seems far worse than what it really is. And that's what the people of God really felt. And so we got to be careful that we don't allow the things we remember, the things we forget, and the things we compare with to bring discouragement in our life. So what is the answer to overcome these agents and to overcome discouragement in our life. Prophet Haggai tells us the first thing that you and I need to do is to let go. Is to let go of, the, of dwelling in the past. Is to let go of things that you and I are holding in the past that has kept us stuck and restricted and paralyzed in moving forward and experiencing everything that God has in store for you and for me. One of, the, one, of my, one of my favorite cartoons, Disney cartoons, has been Lion King always. Because, you know, one is not just a storyline, but because of the values and lessons, you know, it teaches. Remember how Simba has run away, and, you know, he's living in the state of Hakuna Matata and all that. And, you know, Rafiki the monkey comes looking for him. And, you know, Simba is, is sobbing and having pity over his failures and over what has happened in his father dying when he was even truly not responsible. And, you know, as, as Simba is giving all the excuses and reasons, you know what Rafiki says? It doesn't matter. Let it go. 
it doesn't matter it's in the past it doesn't matter it's in the past you know we need to have that same attitude and response you know whatever is of the past learn things that you need to learn from the past but don't dwell in the past learn to let it go maybe today some of us need to let go of some bad memory of some bad experience that we have gone through that has robbed us that has stolen the joy the peace the purpose the value the worth in our life that you know god has placed upon us because we are so stuck in that bad memory we are so stuck in that bad experience maybe some of us need to let go and you know release forgiveness upon people who has hurt us by words who has hurt us by 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 their acts because the more you hold on to it you miss out on the blessing not those who have offended you but you miss out because you become a prisoner a captive in your own unforgiveness and god really wanted them to let go see until we let go of our past we cannot fully embrace our present and our future until you are willing to let go of your past you can never embrace the full potential the fullness of what god has prepared for you in the present and the future it's always going to be a block for you to walk into so we need to be those who are willing to let go you know would you turn to one another and say let it go let it go i want you to know not the glory not the shame in the past is worth holding on to and dwelling if it means you're going to miss out on what god has in the present and what god has in your future the second thing that we see that god asking the people do is to look up to him is to look up to him you see god makes himself known here in a certain way and we find a very powerful military name of god being proclaimed here in the life of god's people and you know here we find that more than eight times the name lord of hosts which means the literally it means the lord of the armies of earth and heaven it means he's the lord almighty i want us to understand the key way to overcoming discouragement is looking up to who god is i want us to know our apprehension of who god is affects how we approach life In other words our view of who God is always radically affects how you and I approach life how you and I view life if we see our God as so small and our mountain of discouragement so big i want us to know that's how we will approach life with see a shepherd boy named david was faced with a giant but because he saw his god as big and the giant as small even though the armies of israel saw the giant so big and their god so small david saw his god so big and the the giant so small that he was able to step into victory and lead an entire army and a nation into victory why because his apprehension of who god is affected the way how we approach struggles and battles and view how we viewed life and so you and i need to be those who not only let go but we look up because he is the lord of hosts he's still the almighty god he's still the amazing god who is there with you and thirdly and finally look ahead look ahead see they were looking at the former glory but you know what god says in verse 9 that the latter glory of this temple shall be greater than the former glory what they didn't realize was this see they were thinking about the shekinah glory that came and rested upon the temple that solomon built and yes truly god was there but what god was referring to when he says the latter glory shall be greater than the former was this little did they realize 500 years from now 
Jesus Christ, who is God himself, the very son of God, is going to walk upon the ground of the works of their hand. That the very temple they are building is going to usher to welcome and greet the Messiah, the Savior, who would stand on the ground of this temple and he would minister who he is and he would minister the gospel of Jesus Christ, giving people, you know, to, to respond. And in that comparison, the glory of the latter house, the glory of the presence of Jesus was so much greater than just the Shekinah glory was what God was trying to tell his people. We got to be careful. If we don't let go and if we don't look up and if we don't look ahead, we will miss out that the greater days of our lives, the greater days of our families, the greater days of our church, the greater days of our ministry, the greater days of our future is yet to come. It's not in the past, but it is yet to come in our life. And that's what God wants us to know. When you know, no, it doesn't matter what my past has been. God has a greater present in my life. God has a greater future in my life. Nothing can hold you back. Nothing can wear you down because you realize God has a plan to prosper you and not to harm you. God has a plan to give you a hope and a future in the midst of things that surround you in your life. And we want to declare to you the life of God. You may be discouraged by many things, but we want to say this to you, that the latter glory of your house, the latter glory of your future, the latter glory of God in your family is going to be greater than what was ever known before. But you need to look ahead with expectation. Look ahead with courage and be strong and do what God has called you to do because God's spirit still remains among us and is a God who keeps his word. And you know, Haggai gives them assurance as they would let go and look up and look ahead. He says, you know, God assures us of his presence. You find how God emphasized, I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you. And we need to understand this church, that we had the same assurances. The assurance of the presence of God dismisses the fears and develops faithfulness in us. See, because they have become fearful and discouraged, and they had stopped doing the work. But when you allow the presence of God to just strengthen you, when you realize I have not just the omnipresent God with me, but the manifest present God with me, no fear can hold you back. And there's faithfulness that's developed in your life to be faithful to do what God has called you to do. And God assures them in your discouragement, despite what's going around, you know, they have come out of exile. They didn't have the resources in Solomon's time. But God says this, the silver is mine and the gold is mine. The silver is mine and the gold is mine. What God is saying is, listen, to me belongs everything and I will provide for every need. I will complete what you, what, what, what has begun. I will finish what was begun. We sang in that first song in God, we trust how, how we know in this word it says that he will finish what he started in us. And he's a God who will finish what he started in us. And he's there to provide for every need to take us through and see us through whatever discouragement. And he says, in this place, I will give peace. In a place where there was once war, once conflict, once combat, once battle, in this place will I give my peace. I want you to know, we have the peace and the presence and the providence of God that is greater than any discouragement any disheartenment, any disappointment in our life, and we can experience the goodness of God today. We want to pray for you right now. We want to pray that God's Spirit will just begin to move where you are. Where you are, you may be watching this on your bed, you may be 
you know, watching this on your couch, maybe watching this while you're traveling. If you're traveling, please don't do this. You can't stand if you're driving, so it's just going to drive. But, but if you're in your homes, and if you just stand or kneel or whatever posture you feel right now, you want to take for God to release life, for God to release courage in your discouragement, I want to encourage you. Would you just where you are, connect with God? Just where you are for a few moments. Those of us who know Jesus for a few moments, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to very quickly praying for you and praying with you online. But before that, Maybe you're watching this a Sunday celebration and maybe you never met Jesus before. You never know Jesus. You don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. And maybe as you look at your life, maybe you have given up on life. I feel as there are some of you here, those of you who know Jesus and not know Jesus, there are some of you who are watching. There are areas in your life you've just given up. Some of you are in a place where you're about to give up on life totally. Some of you in a place where you're about to give up on, on your future, give up on your marriage, give up on your children, because as you look at things, things seem to be going from bad to worse. I want to encourage you. God's word is to encourage you out of those things, to bring you into what he has for you. We want to declare the latter glory will always be greater than the former because today we have that latter glory living in our midst and desiring to live in our midst. And that's, we want to, that's why we want to invite those who do not know Jesus. See, the way to overcome, overcome every discouragement in your life is to realize that you need the presence of Jesus to live on the inside of you. But you see, our lives can't host His presence because we are sinners. And that's why we need Jesus to come into our hearts and forgive us and cleanse us and to make our house a dwelling place. None of us would like to go and live in a filthy place, in a dirty place, in a place of garbage. And that's what sin is in our life. It's garbage, it's filth, it's dirt. And only the blood of Jesus can wash us from that sin. So if you want to receive Jesus today where you are, where you are, I just want to lead you in this prayer. And if you would pray this prayer sincerely, I want you to know today, Jesus will come into your heart. He will come into your home. He will cleanse it and he will make your life a dwelling place, releasing the presence, the providence and the peace that you need to live above and beyond your discouragement. So Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, acknowledging we are sinners, asking your blood to cleanse us from the filth and the garbage of sin. And Lord, that you would clean our hearts and the, and the home of our hearts so much that it can be your dwelling place. We invite you. We invite you to come and clean up the messes in our life. Clean up what we have missed in our life so that, Lord, we can be all you have redeemed us and saved us to be. We just thank you, Lord, for dying for us and giving your life for us in Jesus' name. I want to pray right now. We want to release life right now. To those of us who are followers of Jesus, in your discouragement, I want you to know the power of God is right now flowing into your hearts. It's flowing into your homes. And God is ready to move right now where you are. So would you open your heart, hallelujah, and receive the touch of God right now. Would you receive the touch of God right now? Where you are, make a decision that you will let it go. You would look up. You would look ahead. Because the day, the greater days of your future, your family, your ministry, hallelujah, is yet to come because you have the 
God of glory, Jesus Christ, the desire of all nations, living on the inside of you and me. And we release freedom from discouragement. We release victory over discouragement. And we speak life evermore, life in abundance. We declare the power of the Lord and the peace of God over your life. And we proclaim, hallelujah, hallelujah, that you will rise up in victory and you will grow in the greater future that God has for you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we worship your name. Come on, just where you are, worship the Lord right now. Just bless the Lord right now. Hallelujah. I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. Just where you are, in the middle of the storm. We raise up your hands, your voices, and worship the Lord. Bless the Lord, hallelujah, because he's about to raise you up from your ashes into beauty. Turn your morning into dancing, hallelujah. Your setbacks into successors in the name of Jesus. Oh, I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm. Church, the king is alive. 
It doesn't matter what the house looks like as long as the presence of God is there. And that's what's important. It's not the gold and the glitter, but it's His presence that we are after as a church. No matter what storms you're facing, church, would you make sure to look up? Would you look ahead and would you trust the Lord? Let things go, let the past go, but look up and look ahead and see what God will do in your life. We're going to pray because our country is going through elections this week. And we need God to lead us, to guide us, for us to carry out our Christian responsibility and for people to go and vote and give the responsible vote to the person of their choice. Shall we pray right now? Because our nation needs the Lord to look after us. Let's pray, church. Father, we pray very much right now, bringing our nation before you as we go to the polls. And Lord, as Christians, we will carry out our responsibility. Loving Father, you bring the right party or the parties, Lord, to rule this nation. Father, watch over our land and let our land be blessed, Lord. Lead us, Father. Lead us, we pray. Raise the right leaders to come and lead this nation on ahead. And loving Father, may your goodness rest upon this land, we pray. Be with all of us, Father, even as we are facing storms in our lives. Help us, Heavenly Father, to trust in you, to let things go, to look up, and then to look ahead as we look forward to the future that is bright because you are there. Your presence is there. And loving Father, take us through as a nation for the glory of your precious and wonderful name we pray. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm. Louder and louder. You're gonna hear my praises roar. Oh, will arise. Death is defeated. The 